good afternoon. This is Rob Burback, CEO of the Iditarod. On the very first Iditacast Tales from the Trail with 2020 champion Thomas Varnard. Thomas, I know you've been stuck in Alaska for a while. I hope it's been enjoyable for you. Yeah, it's been really good. I am really lucky because I have uh, so many good friends here. So uh, it's actually a time of life. You can actually, you know, visit some friends, not too many because of the quarantine thing, but uh, it's been good. You're making do. So rather than spend time on, on that impact, let's kind of let's kind of talk about you and, and your life and, and what brought you here today. And let's start from the way beginning. I know you were born in England, grew up in Norway. What were your favorite sports before mushing? Well, I kind of say that, you know, you have different type of mushers and you have some mushers that are so interested in the dog. You know, the dog is the most important thing and that's what you're working with. So I mean, always really, really interested with, you know, into dogs. So I started actually mushing when I was 11 years old. Wow. Well, wow. so, so I know that Robert Sorley and some others were, were a big positive influence on you. Can you talk about some of those relationships? Well, I was in his club uh, outside Oslo and Robert, you know, he was one of the great guys, you know, one of the mentors. So uh, I, I seen actually Robert since I started dog washing and he's always been, uh, always been, you know, one of the great guys. So he certainly inspired you. You probably watched his victories. Then my guess is you, you found yourself, um, you know, back your rookie year, I believe it was 2015. Were there some really important lessons learned from that run that really helped you this year? Yeah, of course, you know, you, you get a feeling for the race, what the race is, what you're going to expect. And um, and also in 2015, I had a lot of more problems with, the, you know, getting the dogs to eat and, and the dog food didn't work that good. So, you know, when you have problems, that's when you're learning, when you, everything is going easy, you know, you're not learning that much. But uh, so 2015 was really a race I had to work hard to actually get to the finish line. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's let's come back to this year. You know, remember the, um, the, the willow, how snowy that was. That was on Sunday. It was March 8th, seems like a while ago. How did you feel that day? It, you know, snow's coming down, you're getting ready to start, the real start. What were you like emotionally at that time? <laughs> it's a little, uh, well, I was pretty happy because I know when the conditions get a little rougher, that's always when I do best. And I knew that a lot of the people here, you know, like better trails and I'm used to pretty bad trails. So I knew this could be, you know, a good, a good thing for me. Now, that was a lot of snow that day, and if that snow could have one flavor, would you prefer that flavor be Kvitlunge or Brunos? Well, I like to go on hard trails. You know, it's more fun to go dogs when they can, you know, just cruise down the trail. But, you know, if you have dogs that are used to it, I don't think they care about that much when they are going down the trail. Even in soft trails, you know, they kind of just settle in and they will do pretty good on bad trails also. Well, I was trying to—I was trying to make a joke there. I was—I was talking about the the flavor of the snow, and I maybe mispronounced. Oh, okay. I didn't get it. <laughs> it's my fault because I was trying to say Kvik lunge, where I think it's chocolate or, or brown cheese, Brunos. So I don't know oh, if yeah, you, Bruno. yeah, yeah, yeah. you could have the snow be a certain flavor, an actual literal flavor. I mean, are you a chocolate person, a brown cheese person, Kvik lunge, or, or Brunos? What's your preference? 
Well, that will be the Brunost. Yeah, I like the Brunost. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so, uh, you know, when I when I saw you in Nikolai, wow, you seemed really relaxed, like you were having fun. Is that? Uh, do you remember that? How are you feeling at Nikolai? Well, I think it's really important when you do this race that you kind of try to enjoy going down the trail with the dogs. I think that's the most important. You know, sometimes you will have success and sometimes you will not, but you have to kind of try to enjoy the trip that you've been working so hard to make. You know, you're putting so much time from August and, and actually many years of breeding to actually go down the trail. So I hope all the mushers that are doing that, you know, actually have fun, you know, and, and actually enjoy being on trail, even if you're not sleeping, you know, you should actually enjoy it no absolutely that's a great thing when you you really enjoy the passion i think with you you know you can really tell how connected you are uh to your dogs and, and how important that is you know was watching the telecast last night uh from from norway as well and you can see and you can certainly see it at the finish line uh your dogs are great it was really really an amazing beautiful thing to see did you um how were you, you know, know the race, you said, you know, typically the tough conditions is going to be good for you. You know, how close did your race sort of execution come to your race strategy or plan? Well, I think you have to always look at your dogs. Even, you know, you kind of make a play plan that will kind of put you, if everything is good, you know, the dogs are good, the trail is good, the weather is good, you know, you have a kind of certain plan you're going to follow. But in a, you know, and races let long as I did draw, you always have to uh, kind of adapt to the weather and how your dogs are looking. Like in Ruby, I made, uh, I was actually, my plan was to go to Galena, but I saw the dogs were resting so good in the sunshine, you know, and I said, okay, we're well, just then going to take the eight hour here because they are, this will be just great for them to rest here. So you kind of have to see how the dogs are feeling and then. And then decide how long you can rest, or how long they should rest, actually, to be able to do this. Were they were they eating well the whole way, or there are certain times were you ever concerned at all? Uh, not concerned because I'd done so many races, but I definitely had a couple of dogs, especially one dog uh, that I had to work a lot more to to make him eat. He had a little, he didn't eat that good in the, in the middle of the race, and it was pretty cold, so. You know, then they go down in weight and you have to kind of work hard to get the weight up on them. So uh, eat, getting the dogs to eat, it's one of the most important things during the race. You know, it's energy out and it's energy in. And, and if you're not able to get the dogs to eat good enough, you're going to have a problem. You know, again, they, they looked uh, they looked super healthy at the finish line. So it looked like they you know could have turned around and gone all the way back uh, to Anchorage. And, and so did you. Were you eating pretty well? Yeah, I was eating pretty well, and I, I, I think actually that's kind of harder because you're 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 really focused on your dogs, and sometimes you forget yourself. You know, you forget to sleep enough, you forget to eat, you forget to drink. So you're kind of, and it, and for my, I have really problems actually eating because you know I don't, I'm not feeling hungry, so I kind of have to force myself to eat. So uh, sometimes that's hard because it's, you know it's hard to get the food down actually. Oh, I know, and I know that um, while while of course there's there's ample rest for the dogs, it's not always rest rest for you. And you have so many things to focus on, so it probably takes 
some discipline to, to, to ensure that you're properly fueled up as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the important things to take care of yourself also. So you're able to take better care of your dog. So that's one of the important things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go, going back to kind of your sort of plan and strategy, you know, at what, at what point did you really feel like this was a race that you had a really good chance of winning? Well, I got a little surprised that I was going a little faster when it was hard trails. So, cause I had, I was not losing any time and I was actually gaining on time on people when it was hard trails. And I said, if I'm going faster when it's hard trails, I'm going to definitely go faster when it's slow trails, because I know the team is pretty, you know, used to that. So I got a feeling that I'm going to be one of the top teams in the race when I around cripple i said okay this is going to be a good race you know kind of you don't know if you're going to win but it will definitely be a race you can be competitive no yeah i think you just kind of tended to to consistently kind of pull away from the field in the last you know third or quarter or so of the race and my, my sense is your team must must have been running really really well i mean were they were, were you were you um really surprised how strong they were running or were you Oh, this has been a pretty strong team for the last couple of years. So they, were, and I think, but the thing, good thing when you're going to see that the team is doing really good and they're eating the food and they're going in good speed, you can actually start to add rest. And that's what I did in Cripple. My my plan said four hour rest, and I almost rested. I think it almost rested five hours. So you can kind of start adding rest, and there's no, you know, you don't have to be on the limit. You kind of then can start building up more. More rest in the bank, can you can kind of say? Right, right, and it certainly pays off in dividends as, as your team showed how much how much energy they had and and how strong they were. So that that felt pretty good. And then you seem to have uh, by the time you know you left White Mountain, you could probably take. You could, were you that point? You, you know, what point did you really know you had this one? Well. Uh... I knew I had a good chance when I kind of, when I went into a nucleate and I saw that nobody was coming, you know, they gave me kind of the big rest in the nucleate with five hours rest. And I said, okay, it's a, it's a good chance. If nothing happens now that I can actually win this race, but in the long distance, you never know, you know, you can have weather, you can have, you know, the dogs can get sick, you can get sick. So it's so many things that can happen still, but it, I think when I was in New England, I said, okay, this, this could be my chance actually. So that you, you rode that all the way, uh, up front street in Nome. And, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, diminish from the experience, but normally would be, you know, we had to not have the normal fan base and team and the crowd in Nome, but I felt like there was still an amazing team, you know, it's early in the morning. And, and you know what? What were you feeling? Is that is that something that you've been dreaming about for years and years? I mean, how did that how did that feel going under the arch and 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 you know coming up and knowing and you know and finishing? Well, it's kind of strange. I still have the same feeling. You know, we kind of have to go into the into the internet and I kind of look. This this did really happen? You know, did I actually win that? Did not? And I, I still have that feeling. I don't know why that I'm kind of surprised that I'm, you know, I'm the, the winner of this year's race, but you know, 
I've been dreaming about this since I was 11 years. You know, we had those sled dog magazines out on that uh, club. And I've been reading about, I, I met Rick Swenson, I met Susan Butcher. I, you know, I met so many of the great mushers from my lead rod for so many years. So this race has kind of been following me since 11 and I'm 47 now. So it's been, it's kind of a dream coming through and it's, uh, but still I cannot believe I did it. And so it's a, that's the way it is. <laughs> you, you realize there's a lot of 11 year old wannabe mushers that are now you know, inspired by your achievement, whether they're here in, in Alaska or in Norway or anywhere around the world that are going to be really inspired by, by what you did. And I really hope that you're able to be really present. And we have the uh, CBS Sports telecast coming on here at six o'clock Alaska time shortly. And I, and I hope that you're going to, you know, that must be a little bit like an out-of-body experience, going to be able to watch this tonight and and see how your victory unfolds i'm mean, i really hope that that's uh and, and really just something that you can't even describe as an experience um so hopefully you'll get you'll you'll it'll feel even more real here in a couple of hours yeah it will it will so it's 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 it's, it's strange to look at yourself kind of it's a <laughs> it's a strange feeling so but i think i think the most thing i'm most proud of is actually how the dogs were performing and how they looked and, you know, and that we can actually show the world that this is the happiest dog in the world. And these dogs, if you do the right things, if you train them well, treat them well and feed them well, they can actually perform on the level that uh, we all mushers in Aditra do. So, uh, so uh, I think that's more, one thing I'm really proud of is that how they were looking the whole way. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, being at the underneath the, the finish arch, uh, you with your dogs, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure those dogs uh, knew they won the Iditarod and had uh, a sense of pride and could really have this sort of thought process. So I think your I think your dogs were 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 so connected to you, and it was really quite an extraordinary scene. And to see how you're right, how. Um, how much joy and pride they had and how incredibly well uh, they looked. I, they, I, 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 as I kept saying, when I first saw your teams, it looked like you could go for another, you know, nine days. Um, so that's a really, you know, great job on, on your part and for really understanding um, how, to, how to keep that team running highest optimum level and and uh really that's i guess what obviously brought you uh, uh a first to the finish line with a pretty large margin so it's a it's a it's a, just a great achievement um and we hope that you will come back for in defense of your title uh next year and, and in future years um you've been really a a joy to get to know a little bit here and we really appreciate your time i'm going to uh, turn over to my colleagues, see if they'd like to ask a couple other questions, either Chaz or Kristen. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to ask a question real quick, if you don't mind, Thomas, and it's about the dogs, actually. Um, there was a recent um, uh, clip that we put up on uh, on Insider where all there was was nat sound or natural sound of your dogs eating at about the 800-mile uh, mark of this race. And I don't know if you've had a chance to to hear that clip or look at it, but yeah, um, all it is, 
it's a great clip and there's nothing but great, great, uh, great action in that clip, even though the dogs are just doing what they love to do most. And that's eat besides run, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And I think that's also one thing. If you're going to have a team that are going to go to the finish line, you have the dogs that are in that team have to be able to eat. You know, we have different, you know, you can have a good dog, but not all dogs can be a litter of dogs. So one of the things they have to be is that they have to be able to eat so they can keep their energy and their mental strength, you know, on a high level. I think one other thing I just wanted to ask real quickly is, uh, as Rob was alluding to, when you got to underneath the burl arch, you were starting to uh, snack. I think you had uh, you had someone with you that uh, was was um, was uh, helping handle the dogs. And I looked back up to your two wheel dogs. Yeah. And, and I thought I thought I thought for sure they were going to jump out of their harnesses. <laughs> they were still trying to lunge forward. And and I'd never seen that before with a finishing team. And I just wanted to know who those two dogs are. Well, I had uh, more dogs. I had a lot of dogs I used in wheel. I changed a little, but uh, it's definitely King and Khan. That's been two other most crazy ones. Uh, They've been really charging the whole time. But uh, a lot of the dogs in my team are like that. I like the high-energy dogs that has a lot of spirit, that has a lot of strength and they are very kind of crazy crazy boys but uh i like the dogs to be really happy you know and i really wanted to go and the good thing with that having dogs like that that you can really feel how they are feeling so when you're standing on the sled you can actually try to absorb what kind of mental uh i don't know the english word but you know how how they are mentally so you can kind of have a good feeling if you are pushing it too much or they are still able to to do more so you're 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 feeling their synergy you're feeling how their how their rhythm is that's pretty cool i was going to pass it over to uh kristen uh kristen do you have any questions um just um just some do you have any memories that stand out from this year's trail you know maybe you just we're going down the trail and, and just took a second to just take it all in. Uh, the thing is, when, when I'm racing, I'm so focused on the dog. So it's, it's kind of hard to, oh. you actually, you're looking, but I'm still, I'm really, I think that's from the sprint sport that you're always focusing on the team and ours just kind of flies away. But one of the really great things is about this race is actually when you're going before rainy pass and after rainy pass, that's, uh, it is special. And I also, I was going together with uh, UR for a long time and then we camped after, after Ron. And, uh, and that actually was really fun because that was the first time in the race that I, you're actually going, kind of traveling with another different team and supporting each other. So uh, that was also one of the great things during this race that I've never experienced before that you can actually have, you know, kind of, kind of support of another musher. Yeah, that that's that you could see that Yor had a pretty good finish. You know, he uh ended up having a pretty good last uh, couple hundred miles. So um you know, I'm sure he'd rather have been at the little trail, but I think he was pretty strong at the end there. Um like to ask how are K two and Bark doing? Oh, they're pretty good. We're gonna go actually out to up Salcha River now, up uh, and have Easter at the cabin. So okay. we're gonna go out. 
24 mile run now and uh, actually enjoy, enjoy the weekend and the dogs are still in full training. Oh, fantastic. Um, well, uh, unless Chaz or, or Kristen has anything else, Thomas, we, uh, we want to certainly thank you for the time for being on our Didacast and Tales from the Trail. Uh, we, uh, we hope that Alaska is a good host for you. I know you've got here for a little bit more extended time for the foreseeable future. And please let us know if we, if we can, uh, uh do anything for you or your dogs. <laughs>